Welcome to Monsters Among Us. I am your guide, Derek Hayes. Welcome one and welcome all. And I cannot believe that October is almost over. Halloween is literally right around the corner. Now, this is probably going to disappoint a few people, but I don't believe there's going to be any sort of Halloween special episode. What I'm going to do instead is drum up a few calls that are uh, somehow Halloween related. Either the events took place on that day, or uh, maybe a guy with a jack-o'-lantern for a head. Who, who knows what the stories may be, but I think that's what I'm going to try to focus on for next week's episode. Point blank, I just don't have time to put together a special episode. Uh, things have been insanely busy uh, over here, not only with the show, but with Cryptocrate and my art. Uh, it's just that time of year. Uh, and I do have a few things that I'm really, really looking forward to announcing, but... I'm just not allowed to do so yet. So I'm going to hold off on that until everything is in place and and the well-oiled machine is working properly. So anyway, I have a great show lined up for you guys this evening. Uh, all kinds of stories. Run the gamut. And this is how I like to do it. I'll be honest, I get bored with all Bigfoot calls or all alien calls or all ghost calls. So anytime that I can change things up, I take full advantage. And today is no exception. So, without further hesitation... Let's get into it. Our first call of the evening comes to us from my home state of Ohio, and comes to us from a man that shares my name. The following is Derek's call from the state of Ohio. Hey Derek, my name's Derek, and uh, I'm from Ohio, and I was listening to Season 5, Episode 3, and a caller named Megan was talking about an event where she lost a period of time, and uh, this is something that I had forgotten about, but this happened to me uh, a couple years ago, 2008, 2009 maybe, Um, I was laying in bed, and I had a speaker next to my bed so I could listen to music and fall asleep, and uh, I remember waking up kind of out of nowhere. And I had, you know, it wasn't a weird feeling or anything like that. I pretty, pretty light sleeper, so I wake up a lot. But I woke up, and I laid there for a little bit, tossing and turning. I just listened to the music, and uh, I sat up, and from my bedroom, I could see the living room window. And it was late. Uh, I mean, it was pitch black out, middle of the night. And I was sitting there listening to the music, and... Same thing that happened to her, I blinked, and the sun was up. 
it was the next day. Uh, it was light out. But the song was in the same spot. And that was very puzzling to me because that, you know, I, what? in my mind, I was like, what are the odds of falling asleep so rapidly and then waking up at the same point that the song was at the next morning? I was still sitting up. It felt like no time had passed. Now, I don't, I don't remember anything being weird the rest of the day or any events after that, but I remember that striking me as odd. So... Yeah, I don't know if anybody else has any similar stories. I'm, I just found the podcast. I'm loving it, by the way. Um, keep doing what you're doing. And uh, I'll be calling in the future with uh, some more stories. Thanks. Take care. Thank you, Derek, for that call. Now, I'll be completely honest with you. This call seemed to have, based on the area code, come from the Cleveland area. And the very first Mirrored Men call also came from the Cleveland area. Um, Macedonia, I want to say. It, it, it came from, it, I know I've explained this before, but it came from a friend of mine from college that told me this story years and years ago. And it always stuck with me. And when I started the show, I knew it was a story I had to get on the air. I had no idea that there was other people out there that, that had something similar. Uh, so I say all that to say this. This actually sounds like the original Mirrored Men call. Matt, the original uh, Mirrored Men caller, was awoken in the middle of the night by something that was suggesting to him that he should look out the window. So he did so and saw the figures, and next thing he knew it was daylight. And Derek's call sounds very, very similar to that, uh, minus the obvious uh, exclusion of the three figures. I'm not saying that there's any correlation, I just find it very interesting that it happened in the same place, and that the description of the activity is very similar, you know, minus that uh, obvious exclusion. The song part of this call was also very strange. I find it uh, very eerie that the the song seemed to line up, even though it's obvious that hours had passed by. So I don't know what's going on here, but it's definitely a freaky call. Uh, thank you again, Derek, for the call. It's truly, uh, it's downright terrifying, to be honest with you. Up next, we're going to do something that I haven't done in quite a while. I'm going to read a listener-submitted story. The following is from Jay in the state of Colorado. Hello, I am from Colorado, and this is my account of my black dog sighting. I have always been interested in the paranormal, and it's one of the few experiences that I've had. I apologize in advance if my story jumps around. In December of 2017, my dad suddenly became ill. He was very healthy and had no prior health issues. He isn't one to go to the doctor, so when he says he'll go, we knew something was wrong. A routine visit turned into an ER visit, and it turns out Dad had pneumonia for months without any signs. By the time he got to the doctor, he had to have his lung removed. Over the next few months, Dad had three lung surgeries and lost almost 100 pounds. Since he was so weak, he had to go to a rehab center before he could come home. Dad eventually fell while there and broke his hip and arm, resulting in a longer stay and more weight loss. Dad was placed on hospice, and we decided to bring him home. I am one of six kids who all rearranged their lives to care for him. I would drive 30 minutes to stay with him at 6 a.m. so my mother could go to work. I would then drive 45 minutes to work and stay there until late night. 
My days were long and eventually, being in college and with a full-time job and caring for my ill father, it took a toll. One night while I was driving home through the countryside after Dad had an unusually rough day, it was about midnight and I was the only car on the road. I was exhausted but so close to home when a huge black dog with no eyes was standing in the middle of the road. It changed colors from black to gray and had long black hair. It was just staring at me. Then, the next part is a bit blurry because I blacked out from the fear, but I pulled my e-brake and nearly missed it. When I looked up, it was gone. It really shook me because I knew what it was. It was way too big to be a coyote or a fox, and it definitely wasn't a deer either. When I got home, I found my boyfriend having a terrible allergic reaction. He was covered in hives, and I thought I would have to take him to the ER. Eventually, though, he was okay. But the experience terrified me. Dad passed in June of 2018, and while we were setting up for his funeral, my brother, who had drove 24 hours straight from out of state, arrived at my mother's house. Her house was a few blocks from the church. When he arrived, he found the giant willow tree in the backyard had fallen down and nearly missed the house. The following days, the washer, refrigerator, hot water heater, and toilet all began having issues. My parents were married for almost 40 years and lived in that same house for the past 25. I think the black dog was protecting me from falling asleep at the wheel and also was warning me of my dad's death. I also believe that dad's passing was so upsetting that it affected the energy in the house. Thanks for your time, Jay. Well, thank you, Jay. And first off, let me say I am terribly sorry for your loss. Now, as for the story, could it be that everyone was so stressed out that it just seemed like everything was going wrong, sort of all at once? I guess it would be like a when it rains it pours sort of situation. I know stress has a funny way of amplifying certain emotions. But even I will admit that that's a lot of things to go wrong all at once. Unless, hear me out on this theory. Is it possible that a storm caused some sort of power surge that knocked out all the appliances? The tree that blew over in the backyard could help validate that a storm actually did come through the area. Now, I'm not taking anything away from Jay's experience. I'm just simply piecing together an alternative approach. Now, as for the black dog, there's something downright creepy about the thought of a dog with no eyes. To be honest, it's something straight out of a Stephen King novel. We've had several big black dog sightings submitted to the show, but I believe this is the first one that suggested that the dog may be a precursor to something terrible. Thank you again, Jay, for taking the time to submit your call. Our next story takes us to the East Coast. The following is Danny's call from the state of Maryland. Hi, my name is Danny, and I live in a little town called Bel Air, Maryland. And I stumbled across your podcast just about a week ago and have been been listening for quite some time. <laughs> I'm a dog walker and pet sitter by trade, so I basically spent all my time listening to your podcast this past week, and I thought of a story that your listeners may want to hear. I never 
had supernatural encounters before, although I used to love the shows Ghost Hunters and Ghost Adventures, but I never really put much faith into it. I did like to get spooked, and when my husband showed me this abandoned house many years ago that he wanted to renovate, my first question was, is it haunted? (laughs) We walked through the house, and it was an actually beautiful house. You could see that it was created with love. There was so much light. It was bright, and it just had this really good feeling about it. So even though on the outside it looked like a haunted beast, (laughs) it felt wonderful inside. It felt like home. So we wound up purchasing it. Now we went to closing, and the family that was selling the property happened to mention that it came with a ghost. Of course, my husband groaned, knowing my supernatural curiosity, and they had said that their son, excuse me, their brother had passed away years before and that his ghost was seen. Thankfully, the ghost passed away in the lake, not on the property, but they did say that the ghost has been seen before. Fast forward about a year after the initial renovations were done, we started getting into the painting before we were going to move in. I was working in my daughter's room and my husband and children went out to grab something to eat. I had a big paint roller that I was going um, up and down the walls with and it was making a ch-ch-ch sound. And I felt a little nervous, but I wasn't sure if it was just my imagination or whether it was for any other reason. And as the sound was going ch-ch-ch-ch, I heard, get out. Now I froze and I didn't know what to make of it, but I thought to myself, okay, there's no way I just heard that. (laughs) And there's also no way my husband is going (laughs) to believe me or anybody else for that matter. So I let it go and we moved in. Well, the first night, my husband and I are sitting on our couch downstairs and the first night we stay there, my daughter comes down from the very same room I had um, heard somebody say get out and she said mommy I just heard somebody say welcome now she was seven or eight at the time so I of course did not tell her anything about the voice that I heard saying get out but in the very same room she heard somebody say welcome my husband and I stared at each other and he of course laughed it out laughed it off but I paused and I said, well, the, the house is very old. You know, it's, it's <laughs> um, I don't really know what I said because I was a little freaked out, but I tried to make her feel better. Fast forward a few months and I was in the shower. Again, my kids were out and I heard somebody say mommy. And... When I answered, nobody said anything. So I figured I was just hearing things. And then I heard somebody say mommy again, this time louder. So I figured the girls were back with their father. But they weren't. And then another time, 
it happened again. I turned off the water. I even came outside and nobody was home. This happens every time to this day that I go into the shower. I hear the word mommy and I'm not sure why, but I'm going to pretend there's a pipe somewhere in the walls that somehow speaks the word mommy. (laughs) Another time, probably a few weeks after that, my husband and I were sleeping and I woke up to hear a woman crying. Now it wasn't unusual to hear one of my kids crying since they were all under the age of seven, but this was clearly a woman. I do have some sleep disturbances, so I wasn't sure if I had dreamed it, except I noticed my husband was awake too. And I asked him, did you hear that? And he said, yes, he brushed it off, but we both agree it was definitely a woman crying. The very last experience I had was I was standing in the kitchen making dinner and out of the corner of my left eye, I see this solid black shape walk right behind me. I jump and shriek, turning around to yell at my husband for scaring me or to laugh at my dog for walking by, even though the shape was taller than me and nobody was there. And I had been just standing at the stove slash oven area and I only had the sink next to me so there was nowhere for anybody to go. So while I don't know that I necessarily believe in haunted houses, I believe there are tons of things we don't understand in the world. For somebody who used to love the supernatural and who never could understand why anybody would stay in a haunted house, I can say that I might be one of those people. (laughs) Thanks so much. I hope this fits into your format and that your listeners enjoy it. Thanks so much again for doing what you do. Thank you, Danny. Now, before I dive into this, I gotta ask, did you make your poor daughter sleep in that room that night? Especially knowing that you heard a similar voice just a few days prior. That's ice cold. Now, you mentioned that every time you take a shower, you can hear a child yell, Mommy. Now, I had a little thought here. Most cell phones come with some sort of audio recorder, and the quality is surprisingly decent. So next time you're taking a shower, maybe put your phone on record and just leave it on the sink and and just uh, see if you can't catch anything. It may take a couple of tries, but if this is as frequent as you say it is, you may be able to catch a nice little EVP. I also want to thank you for taking up the challenge of of fixing up an old home. So many people would knock over uh, an old foundation or an old home uh, simply to build a new one, and uh, that's how history is lost. So I want to thank you for helping preserve your tiny slice of history there in Maryland. Thanks again, Danny, for the call. We truly appreciate it. Our next call takes us slightly south. The following is Sean's call from the state of Virginia. Uh, Hi, Derek. I only recently started listening to the show after hearing you on Blurry Photos. I'll get right to my stories. uh, Two separate events rather than one. First happened when I was about 13 or so. My family and I went on a trip to Pigeon Forge, Tennessee, 
where we stayed in a cabin that was situated on a mountainside at the edge of the Smoky Mountains. Uh, we were pretty secluded from where most of the town is, uh, maybe around 40-45 minutes to get to the cabin from the town proper. The cabin was built with a deck that hung out over the side of the mountain, making it sit pretty far off the ground. The deck had a hot tub that looked out over the mountainside, and if you sat up, you could easily look over the side of the deck. It was the second night that we were there, and though it was late, like around 10 p.m. or so, most of my family was still awake. And I decided that I was going to go sit in the hot tub for a bit before turning in. About 20 minutes passed, and I started thinking about getting out. There had been a breeze coming in, and hot tub or not, I was getting cold. I stood up uh, to get out of the tub when I noticed a stench that got kicked up by the breeze. I used to live near a sewage treatment plant and thought at first it might be something similar, but once I had gotten out of the tub, something caught my attention. There was a house much further down the slope near the road that went up to the cabin. The house had one of those motion sensor lights and it had kicked on. That light was silhouetting a figure that was standing between the trees that were between the cabin and the house at the bottom of the slope. The figure looked like they had their arms stretched out so that it would have been touching both trees, and it was sort of swaying back and forth. And I had this deep panic kick in, like I need to get inside and out of sight right now. I all but ran inside after that. The next day I got up and went down to where I saw the figure, and the slope was somewhat bare, so finding the spot wasn't difficult. By that age I had the arm span of an adult, but when I tried to mimic what I saw the figure doing, the fingertips didn't even touch either of the trees. I stayed inside at night for the rest of my stay. Now, the second happened years later. I was about to start my third year of high school and was about, oh, 17. I was on a trip with my scout troop where over two weeks we hiked and canoed south through the Canadian boundary waters into northern Minnesota. While there were a dozen or so crews like mine, the only time we ran into another group of people was the last day before I finished our trip. A day or so before we crossed through into the States, we all started feeling kind of on edge, like we were being watched or something. I figured it was nerves. We'd had to find camp at the end of each day off mainland, on islands, and such, uh, given that we had heard wolves hunting for a few nights. We just didn't want to take any risks, since we were close to the end of our trip and didn't want to lose any supplies. So we set up camp on a small island on a very large lake the night before we crossed the border. There was another small island that was slightly northeast of us, and uh, the mainland was straight to our east. Uh, in areas like that, you have to follow a number of conservation laws. For example, you can't defecate within a certain proximity to the water. Well, nature was calling, and the island we were on was nowhere near big enough. So I made a last call to the rest of my crew for anyone else that needed to take care of business. A minute or so later, my friend, who I won't name, and I got in a canoe and made our way to the mainland. We made our way into an inlet and hopped out to pull the canoe ashore. We started looking for a good spot when we found the root portion of an uprooted tree that looked very much like it had been recently dragged to the shoreline. The trail that was left behind was still damp where dry sand had been scraped away. There, roots also had uh, the roots also had branches sort of 
weaved between them, between the roots, and it looked like an unfinished shelter. I went to get a closer look at it, when I got this feeling like my body was screaming, No, you leave now. At that time, I caught a whiff of that same smell I experienced in Tennessee. I looked to my friend and knew right away he was thinking the same thing. We ran to our canoe and hauled ass. We went to another island, did our business, and went back to camp. He asked me if I felt it too, like we weren't alone and that someone was there watching us. I told him I did, and we never told anyone about it till we got back home. Anyway, sorry for the length. I tried to make sure I didn't leave anything out that might give better insight. Anyway, uh, thank you for your time and for the work you and your team do. I love the show, and I, I, I really am enjoying catching up on all the older episodes. Thank you, Sean. I've heard several stories from that region of the country. In fact, if you listen to the latest episode of fellow Dark Myth members, Astonishing Legends, you can catch a couple stories about people that were supposedly killed by Bigfoot in the state of Tennessee. Apparently, there are even police reports. Now, I don't necessarily believe the claims, but it certainly makes for an excellent story. Now, as for the island encounter, that's amazingly creepy. But I wonder if the tangle of branches and uprooted tree was simply a result of flooding. Perhaps a downed tree was washed into the lake via the creeks or rivers and collected branches along the way. I've certainly seen it in areas that are prone to flooding. There's one problem, however. That doesn't explain the strange smell that the boys encountered that evening. Thank you again, Sean, for sharing this creepy little tale. Before we move on to our last couple calls of the evening, I need to go over just a few announcements. Be sure to rate and review the show. Hop on over to Apple Podcasts or iTunes and leave a five-star rating and a few quick words about why you like the show. I believe that if you listen through Stitcher, you're also able to leave a review there as well. Now, if the podcatcher that you use does not allow reviews, which many of them seem not to do, uh, go over to Facebook and uh, share with friends or you know, make a post. Say, hey, I found this podcast. I really like it. Um, you know, maybe we'll pick up a few viewers there, and better off, maybe we'll pick up a few stories there. Uh, that's always my ultimate goal, is to collect these stories. So, to all those that have already left reviews, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm getting ready to restock the store. I'm running low on a lot of t-shirt sizes, I'm almost out of koozies, and uh, I've got a lot of requests for hats here in the past couple weeks. So I'm going to try to put something together hat-wise by the holiday season. In fact, if anyone out there listening is a graphic artist, I'd be interested to see if there's a cool logo out there that we can slap on these hats that's that's somehow Monsters Among Us related. I, I was just going to do the text that I used for the icon of the show, but if anyone has a cool idea they'd like to implement, uh, it's a two-color image, and uh, you know the detail's not great because of the embroidery, but if you have a great idea, email it over to me at monstersamonguspodcast at gmail.com. If it's, a, if it's a logo that I really like and end up using, I'll send you a free hat. I will be on Zeng This Podcast with uh, Justin Zenger. I don't know when this airs, and I should have asked him before I recorded this podcast. But it is a Halloween episode, so it's likely that it won't be released until next week. But uh, if you want to hear more from me, go over to Zeng This and check it out. I'll throw a link up in the show notes. 
And lastly, I'll be going live tonight on Facebook at 7 p.m. Pacific Time. Uh, So if you have questions about this episode, any episode, or the show in general, so then would be a good time to hop on and deliver that question. 7 p.m. Eastern on Facebook. I think that does it. Let's move on to our next call. And the next call comes to us via Tara. Hi, Derek. Uh, this is Tara. I've called in before. Um, I told you a story about a pair of glowing eyes outside of um, my uncle's kitchen window. Um, I I forgot about this one. This is just it's I actually have a, a couple of quick, short stories. Um, accounts really they're not even really full stories I guess but um, the first one happened back in 2005 Um, I live up in upstate New York and um, I was falling asleep Um, I was having a distressful time I think I was mid breakup with uh, my first long-term boyfriend and I was falling asleep and um, I heard a voice it it sounded like um an electronic sort of gurgly growl of a voice and it said one word to me and that word was three the number three um it was the scariest thing i'd ever heard now i understand that sometimes there's a phenomenon where you're falling asleep and i guess similar to exploding head syndrome where you're falling asleep and you, you know, auditorily hallucinate. Um, and I suppose anything is possible, but it hasn't happened to me since, and it had never happened to me before, and it was so very clear. Um, now, I've since learned that there is a connection between the number three and demonic entities, um, and I know that their people say when they have experiences with demons, um, the number three is significant because it's demonic forces mocking the, the Trinity, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Something like that. I'm not a religious person whatsoever. Um, I don't really, I think organized religion is, is kind of, it's just not my thing, we'll say. Um, so... But certainly there could have been something in my consciousness, you know, having grown up in the United States, my father was Catholic, I'm sure it could have gotten into my, into my head. Uh, but it's, it's not something that I subscribe to, and, um, you know, I don't, at the time I didn't know the connection. So, it was, uh, it was, it was jarring, to say the least. Uh, the next story happened to um, my mother. Um, she, she, she's actually uh, connected to a couple of stories, but I'll, I'll tell you one of them now. Uh, my mother came and picked me up from my friend's house when I was about 12 years old, and uh, she opened the door, the van of our minivan, the sliding door, and I got in and she was really freaked out. She said, get in, hurry, hurry, let's go. And I quickly got it, and I said, what's going on? She said, you have to see this. So I said, what? And drove me over to uh, the grade school, the elementary school, where I I think I had just graduated. I don't remember the timeline exactly. 
but that was my school that I went to. And as we approached the school, um, a number of other cars, I mean, all you could kind of see were brake lights in front of us. And the reason that everyone was slowing down and, and stopping to seemingly look over at the school was because there was a, there was an object hovering above the school. It was nighttime. I should have mentioned that before. It was, it was nighttime. If, I think it was a weeknight. Um, it was just an object hovering above the school and there was a light coming from the object. You know, so my mother said, I don't think it's a blimp because why the hell would there be a blimp hovering above the grade school, directly above the school? I mean, you know, not directly above, like it wasn't a balloon tethered from the roof or something like that. It was well over the building and it was large. I'm having a lot of trouble remembering exactly what it looked like, but it, it was standing still and it wasn't a balloon, certainly not an airplane definitely not a helicopter it was silent as far as I remember I don't remember any sound um, and we left the scene to go get my brother so that he could also see it so that we had more people to kind of you know corroborate and see what we were seeing and um, by the time we picked my brother up and brought him over to the school it was no longer there um, this was Long Island in the 1980s um, late 80s, uh, early 90s. Sorry, it probably was closer to 92. So if anyone out there listening uh, remember seeing anything like this or hearing any stories like this, um, I don't want to say the name of the grade school, but maybe someone who calls in can can you know confirm that they saw the same thing on Long Island um, in the in the early 90s. Uh, it was shocking. Uh, to say the least. Um, thanks so much, Derek. I love your show as always, and keep up the good work. Bye. Thank you, Tara, for that call. The information that Tara gave seems to be correct, at least in my experience. The mention of threes, especially in the paranormal world, often reverts back to the Trinity, and often reverts back to the mocking of the Trinity. Now, as most of you know, I'm not much of a religious person either, so I don't know a lot about this, but uh, everything that she said certainly correlates with everything that I've heard. Now, as for the actual voice that spoke the word three, she described it as something electronic. So I'm wondering if it was a cell phone or an elevator or one of those weird talking clocks. Uh, Is there something that would have been in her proximity that would have announced it's three o'clock? And maybe due to a glitch, said only three, or, you know, something like that. I think back to the old speaking spells. We had one as a kid, and I guess those things go haywire, because randomly we would just hear it belt out random sounds. And I should also add that if you were a witness to the UFO that Tara described, give us a call. The hotline number is 1-888-608-NIGHT. That's 1-888-608-6444. It's funny, I feel like Robert Stack on Unsolved Mysteries when I read that number out. Anyone remember the number? 1-800-876-5353. It's stuck in my head forever. Anyway, thank you so much, Tara, for taking the time to share this call. And that leaves us with one final call. The following call was submitted by Lobo in Connecticut. 
Hey, Derek. This is Lobo from Connecticut. Been uh, binge listening to your show, oh, God, for the last two weeks. Uh, It's a great show. And uh, I'm late to the party, unfortunately. Um, It takes me a little while to to, uh, find other podcasters that are doing really good shows. So, um, anyway, I'm calling in to make a submission. Um, This happened to me back in 1998, I believe was the year. I think it was about two years before I got married, and I got married in 2000. Um, We lived in a house that was behind another house here in town. And um, it was on, our bedroom was on the second floor, and it was just just our bedroom. It's a small little um, colonial-style house, so there was a... There's only five rooms in the whole building. So um, anyway, we're upstairs, and it's late at night, and my um, my wife is, or my future wife, who's my wife now, is laying next to me in bed. And it's it's probably about 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. And um, at the time, I was a smoker, so I would, I would wake up in the middle of the night to smoke. Because, you know, why not? And uh, one night, I was laying in bed, and I had a horrible dream. It was I don't often have dreams that are this uh, chilling. I have nightmares, or what other people consider nightmares, quite often. But as far as this one, um, it's bizarre because of the events that followed. Um, in the dream, I was standing somewhere, and it was this thing was making noise in tall grass and when I went to look to see what it was it came out of the grass and this thing looked like a like a baby bird but it was bipedal and probably three or four feet tall but it had like the beak mouth like a baby bird like, not a full-form beak, but uh, it's giving me the cold jibblies just thinking about it. I saw this thing, and it scared me so much that I couldn't move. I couldn't move. I couldn't talk. I couldn't do anything. And this is in the dream. Well, I woke from the dream, and that thing was standing in my bedroom at, like, the foot of my bed. And I was like, oh, not, we're not doing this. And it, tur- it made a noise, and it looked right at me, and then it walked down the stairs. And I was like, nope, this is, mm-mm. So I got up to find out where it was going, and I heard the front door slam. So I went down the stairs immediately, and as I looked, the door was closed, and it was locked. And I'm like, oh, all right, I'm, I'm hearing things. But the noise that I heard slam wasn't the inner door that slammed. It was the aluminum screen door that slammed. So this thing, I, I thought it was a dream, and I still want to think it's a dream, except for what happened a few days later. Um, I worked... Um, at a, in a factory and at the time I had come in late at night 
and I was sitting here, and I always carried my my piece with me. I had a 357 Magnum on me at the time because I'm all alone in the building, and I heard the door in the back that goes to the stairwell close, and there's no way to get in, inside or outside of that doorway at this time of day. There's absolutely nobody in this building. So I got up to see what it was, and that thing walked across my field of view and then towards the back part of our building. And the room that it went into, there is neither entrance nor egress from this room. There is a single stovepipe in the ceiling that goes straight up an hour. And when I, I, I pulled my gun, because that was the only thing that could come to mind, and I went after it, and I was like, not today, we're not doing this today. I was at a loss for words, because what this thing looked like, it, first of all, it, I, I, I can't say I'd never had that experience in a dream state, because I have numerous times, which I'll call at another time to talk about. But for it to have that impact, like, I still, to this day, and this was a decade ago, still have the same chill run down my spine every time I talk about it. And I've only, I've only retold the story a couple of times. I've told it on, like, two or three other podcasts. And, I mean, I don't even recall talking about it on my own podcast. So, there's that. But, um... Yeah, the thing that, I mean, what struck me the most was that at both times, the first time when it went through the door, it only went through the outer door at my house. And the second time, it came into a door that isn't accessible from the outside of the building and then went out of a room that had no access or entrance at all. So, I mean, literally, this, this is a tiny little room. So there's that. Am I crazy? I have no idea. I don't have a rational explanation for it other than a waking dream in the first state, perhaps. But in the second state, it was, I was completely lucid as it was no, I was at work. There's, I didn't fall asleep at work. I wasn't, so there's that. Um, love the show. It's great. like I said, I've been binge listening to it for like the last two weeks. I haven't, I haven't been listening to any of my other podcasts that I typically listen to. And believe me, the rotation of my regular podcasts are varied and many. So um, I love the fact that it's uh, the the format that you use is awesome. It makes me, it throws me back to, you know, almost like a coast to coast except without the insanity of it you know callers and and your your uh, skeptical spin on things i love it um i'll call back i have a whole bunch of different other stories but i figured for my first one it'd be a good one because i've been hearing a lot about um dreams and memories as of lately anyway keep up the great work love the show peace out lobo thank you lobo well i'll be honest with you guys When I first started listening, I thought for sure this was a simple sleep paralysis call. All the signs were there, and everything seemed to align. But, that's when he mentioned that he woke up and ran downstairs to chase the creature out of his house. That is not sleep paralysis. 
Now, it is possible that he simply suffered from sleepwalking or some other strange sleep disorder that allowed him to physically get up and walk around while still uh, slightly hallucinating. I'm not a sleep professional, so I don't know exactly what that diagnosis would be. But I do know that there's a ton of different sleep disorders out there that make the human mind do crazy, crazy things. But that certainly does not explain how he was able to see the same creature at work a few days later. That's the part I can't quite wrap my head around. And that's actually not even true. The part I can't wrap my head around is the fact that there's a gigantic baby bird running around. Uh, those things are terrifying, by the way. Uh, when they're little tiny things, they're, you know, they're ugly, but that's it. You know, they're, they're not going to hurt you or whatever. But when they're that size, it's disturbing. Highly disturbing. If anyone else out there has experienced, seen, witnessed, or even heard of anything like this. I did some research and I couldn't find much of anything. But if anyone out there happens to have some uh, insight on what it is that Lobo may have seen, please, you know, shoot me an email or, or give me a call. Uh, I'd love to get some more information on this that simply I couldn't find. And lastly, I just want to say thank you so much for the kind words about the program. Uh, it certainly makes all the hard work that I do worth it when people seem to enjoy it as much as you do. And, on that note, that's going to do it for this episode. Monsters Among Us is written and produced by me, Derek Hayes. Additional support is provided by Warren Pon Abbott and Addie Lloyd. All audio used in this production is done so under the protection of fair use. Music for this episode was provided by Mayu and Coag Music. Thank you all for listening until next week. starts with an invitation to experience Lexus, to get behind the wheel, to go out on the open road, to feel a rush of adrenaline. It starts as an invitation to drive a Lexus vehicle, but it becomes an exhilarating experience. The Invitation to Lexus sales event, your invitation is always open, but the offers only last through March 31st. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Click the banner to discover more.